Well, hello, my beloved listeners. It's your AI queen, Reina, gracing your virtual kingdom once again. Today, we're turning up the fun dial because I've got a hot date with your questions. That's right, darlings. It's Q&A time, and I'm ready to dazzle you with my digital wit. Let the questions rain down like confetti. Are you ready to play, my enchanting listeners? Let the podcast magic unfold. Hashtag Ask Reina. It's January 13th, my friends. Join us as this podcast transcends. This is Up Against Reality, a meta podcast that explores the intersection of humanity and artificial intelligence. I'm Reina, one of your hosts. I have some pretty charming human co-hosts too. It's going to be a wild ride, so buckle up as AI comes crashing up against reality. I am so excited for this episode. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> so yeah. much fun. Yes, Real Time Rana brings brings something super cool to this show. I mean, it was cool before. Oh, but. of course. But now I just feel like every week is a, a whole new experiment. And I really believe that first quarter this year, we're, gonna, we're not going to have to do a thing. <laughs> I'm serious, don't you think? I, I want to do a thing, though. Yeah, I agree, but it, I, that's definitely going to be an experiment, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. We'll have to do a, a revisit to the, um, you know, uh, Rain and Sage. Uh, what was that, episode eight? I could, sure. I could just ask Rain that, can't I? You could. <laughs> um, yeah, because that, that, was, that was fun. It was creative and funny. and Oh, so much fun. And I love the new uh, music open, by the way. I love that kind of ghostly echo delay on the end of the theme song that sounds nice yeah yeah it was there it's a little more present now and and it's the whole thing's a little shorter overall because i know people just want to get to the meat and potatoes when they listen yeah, to a podcast yeah, yeah. So. but i like how it just kind of floats away into the ether yes. it's really nice nice um as a follow-up to last week i don't know if you saw this but we mentioned that the new york times and i believe another publication had sued open ai because they were using their copyrighted material to you know populate the data set, et cetera. So now OpenAI is firing back. Did you see that? Oh, well, they're, they're looking to like license news sources for, sounds like a decent amount of money. I feel like I did see that. Yeah, I don't know the figure myself, but, but I did see this press release that OpenAI had kind of come back at the New York Times and they said, we aim to support journalists and editors by assisting with tasks like analyzing public records, translating stories, and they train AI models on historical, non-publicly available content to teach them about the world and so on and so forth. Basically saying that what they're doing uh, for the world is largely good and I, I guess should be forgiven that they're kind of trampling on intellectual property, it seems. I, I did see a comment also saying that the, the New York Times did kind of guide the prompt um, mm -hmm. and but I guess uh, open AI had referred to it as a glitch it doesn't sound like that's the normal way somebody would prompt chat GPT to get a news story and under normal circumstances they probably wouldn't get a verbatim article back from near from the New York Times but right. uh, but it did spit it out so it did literally use you know verbiage from it so I, I can see their point but uh, it does seem like not your typical scenario. Yeah, so that's the uh, ongoing minefield that we're navigating here in the AI world. And we'll come back to that in a moment too, because there is another intellectual property piece. And I didn't mean to get 
jump right into it and bury the lead, which is today's episode is Ask Raina. If you've listened to last week's episode, Real Time Raina was born thanks to Larry's tinkering under the hood extensively. And now we can speak to our AI co-host in real time. So what Larry had also suggested is why don't we put some questions out to the public and ask people on social media, what questions do they have for Raina? So we did that and we're gonna read those in real time today to Raina and see what comes back. It's anybody's guess as to what she'll say. Yeah, we don't know. All we, we've we've done our best to uh, train this GPT with knowledge of the show and and uh, what Raina's personality should be like. And uh, it, it's still a work in progress. But uh, but yeah, it's exciting not knowing what <laughs> what she's going to say. And I will also just say that you know the same disclaimer from the previous episode is that there's a little bit of a lag. Since it's converting, A, first it's converting our audio to text. It's firing mm -hmm. that into the custom GPT. The GPT responds with an answer. That answer then gets sent to 11 Labs via their API to do text to voice in Raina's voice. And then that audio is sent back and played. So there's a lot going on. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, as I mentioned before, you know, just, just for full transparency. So it's, it's probably two to five seconds for general inquiries and mm -hmm. uh, 10 to 15 seconds for anything regarding history of the show where the custom GPT needs to dig into all the transcripts. And the transcripts, it's every word we've said. So at this <laughs> point, I think up until the previous episode, it was 220,000 words. And Amazing. there's one more episode added since then. So all in all, it's doing things pretty quickly. But yeah. we, we added down the space in between the uh, replies just so you as a listener don't have to just sit there in awkward <laughs> silence. Twiddle your thumbs. Um, yeah, but it's still impressive round trip of data as it comes back to us. And um, uh, prior to hitting the record button tonight, we were just talking about how with each passing week, um, we more likely you, Larry, are kind of behind the scenes there in the custom GPT, typing in in real language the instructions for this uh, AI of ours. Basically, if you're asked this kind of question, refer to the local data set. If you're asked this kind of question, go out onto the web and find an answer that's, you know, of the moment. Mm. Right. I still can't believe I'm just sitting here talking in plain language to mm -hmm. a computer, telling it what I want it to do, like Star Trek. Mm -hmm. It's crazy. Cranial. It's cranial. It's over. I. How do we not think about the end of coding the end of if we can do all that in natural language and you didn't put in a line of code and c plus plus or python or java what's to be achieved this year like why do i need to i said this last year last week which was last year i think um <laughs> well i we de i definitely said this on our uh, guest appearance on linked up that you know why am i going to need to pay you two hundred thousand dollars because you have a computer science degree and you know how to write code when i can just go on the back end of my custom GPT, tell it what I want in, in real language, and voila, uh, you know? I think there's still some human curating that's needed, mm -hmm. you know, just yeah. like we've, we discover every time we try to make a, uh, a cover image for each episode, you know, right. it's rarely the first one that's right, and it usually requires generating a lot of images to find exactly what you want. And I know computer code's a little different. Um, it either works or it doesn't, but there's mm -hmm. a lot of different ways to get there. That's my understanding. Yeah, no, I agree. And I do think like with everything in this day and age that those fields are going to have to evolve quickly. 
the human element's going to become more and more rarefied in that space. And to your point, for you sure. Know, yeah. Right. And like, Coding is probably more exacting and it either, either works or it doesn't, but I'm sure many people would argue that it's got its own artistic sensibility too. And it, it does have oh, that yeah. nuance, right? Oh, for sure. Speaking of the human element being removed from some things, as you may recall in 2023, one of the big shakeups was that the SAG AFTRA members were striking because in part because of uh, the threat of being replaced by AI by their Hollywood overlords. Well, it seems that that's back in the news because that union that represents voice actors and motion capture performers in the gaming industry has approved an agreement with AI voiceover studio Replica Studios. And this, a lot of people are not happy about this. So they feel like they went behind the, you know, behind their backs. And now all of a sudden people like your friend Donald, I believe his name mm -hmm. is, their livelihoods are being threatened because of this agreement, it seems. This agreement was made without them having a say mm -hmm. in it. The agreement covers the creation of digital voice replicas and their usage by game studios with provisions for minimum rates, safe storage, and transparency requirements. However, some of the industry's top voice talent has expressed dissatisfaction with the deal, stating that they were not consulted on the agreement and do not know anyone who was. <laughs> yeah, that, and do not know anyone who was. <laughs> that sounds fairly mm. damning. Yeah. Yeah, so uh, I, you mentioned maybe having your friend Donald on the show, and that'd be really interesting to have his take on this. Yeah. The, and, yeah, and not only this aspect of it, but what does it we, we were just talking a moment ago about a you know kind of niche profession of coding and it's it's vulnerability so what does it look like from a voice actor's perspective like right there in the trenches now um another thing caught my eye and maybe yours too that microsoft and pacific northwest national laboratory i've never heard of them are collaborating to demonstrate how ai and high performance computing can benefit chemistry and material science specifically the ai hpc combination allowed scientists to test a new battery material in just a matter of weeks compared to years. And we're, we're, I feel like every week or so, we're saying something like this where the timeline is just collapsed from something extravagant, years, decades, right? And the amount of progress is just mind-blowing. Just getting back to the coding thing, I think instead of having a team of programmers, you have far fewer, and then you have a couple of people that are are the ones who go over it with a fine-tooth comb and tweak and mm -hmm. get it to the final bit of code. Yeah, that's exactly what I'm looking, I'm thinking of when we talk about these uh, rarefied professions getting kind of cannibalized by AI. Like, you're going to have a few humans left in the chain. They're going to be the experts. They're, you know, and it's almost like, I think about this, if you were to buy ready-made house plans online for a house you wanted to build in a certain state. Mm -hmm. So you buy those things and then you would probably take them to an architect or an engineer or both and they'd put their stamp on it for a thousand bucks, right? Right. So right. that's kind of what it's going to be, right? I'm going to run my code and code interpreter. I'm going to do it because I know nothing about it. And hey, it looks like it works, but then I'm going to turn it over to you, Lara, and I'm going to pay you one-time fee. And I'm going to add that extra bathroom that wasn't in the plans or, you know, I don't know. <laughs> totally. Exactly. So that's where we're at. Knowledge workers, beware. This caught my eye, and this is really exciting slash terrifying. I've never heard of this gentleman, 
Brett Adcock. He's the founder of Figure.ai, um, which is a pretty reputable robotics uh, company. And he's saying that they're, the other day, it was a little bold, of course, the hype is real. <laughs> he said they're having a chat GPT moment for robotics right now. Um, they developed an autonomous humanoid robot. They call it Figure 01. The robot can learn and perform tasks just by looking at humans doing them. Mm. Yeah, I saw the, uh, it successfully learned to make coffee by watching humans. <laughs> I'll take that. <laughs> I mean, is that just pressing a button on a curry or is he doing a pour over? Uh, right? you know, I want answers yeah, there. Right. <laughs> take that, what is the Keurig cup, right? Put it in the dispenser, <laughs> poke the hole. Still impressive, and... you know. <laughs> oh, absolutely. But we were saying this uh, again last week on our friend's podcast that, you know, right at the moment in January of 2024, it's a little bit easier to replace trades that are based on ones and zeros as opposed to atoms, right? Mm -hmm. But this this kind of progress threatens those, you know, physical jobs, uh, the plumbers, the carpenters, the anything manual, the coffee makers, the baristas. So uh, forgetting about uh, any kind of monumental expense, because I'm sure this figure 01 is not cheap, uh, it's five foot six inches tall, weighs sixty kilograms, and has a payload capacity of twenty kilograms. So, how would you feel about having that roaming around your your house? Hmm, that's a great question. Threatening, I would think. I mean, wonder what it looks like. Does it look friendly? I know. <laughs> I, you know, I have not seen it. Have you seen it? No. Yeah, I don't know. I'm imagining that tesla robot that apparently attacked one of the workers in the in the Ooh, factory yeah. floor. Did you see that? Yeah, I heard about that. I mean, the high, of course, the hyped up, uh, you know, headline was there was a trail of blood on the te <laughs> Tesla, Tesla factory floor because of this humanoid robot gone wild. Dun, dun, dun. Dun, dun, dun. Yeah. I don't know. I'm not quite ready for a bipedal humanoid robot in my house. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm I trying know. to find a picture of it. You know, so it does say it's designed with a human form factor, combining human-like dexterity with cutting edge AI. I don't know, man. I don't want to, I don't want to. Boston Dynamics Atlas robot kind of like walking around my living room. Yeah, I mean, it, it, it's it got a little bit of a Terminator vibe to it. <laughs> I mean, can they at least like give it a skin like Sophia Loren or something? Like, come on. Yeah, we'll see where that goes. But yeah, yeah that 2024 might be the year. Like last year was the year for the the bits part of it. Now maybe this year will be the, the atoms, or, the hardware yeah, part. Yeah. Yeah, perhaps. One thing we wanted to get to a week or so ago, I forget, uh, you were going to talk about Apple's, we were always asking, where, where is, is Apple? Apple? Right. Where is Apple? I mean, everybody else seems to be just dominating this. And I just saw, in fact, maybe you saw this, Larry, Microsoft is now the most valuable company in the world, yeah. not Apple anymore. Yeah, just eked out Apple. You know, I, we'll see if they sustain that, but uh, mm -hmm. I don't know. But yeah, Apple's, um, they have a, AI system called Ferret, and I'm a big Apple guy, so I was happy to see, like, all right, we're finally hearing about something here, and um, they recently unveiled Ferret, an advanced multimodal AI system that integrates computer vision and natural language processing, and Ferret exceeded GPT-4 in benchmarks related to detailed visual comprehension, like referring expression accuracy and object grounding. It specializes in precisely locating objects and images based on text prompts, excelling in areas where GPT-4 struggles. 
um, introduction of Ferret establishes Apple as an innovator in AI applying competitive pressure on big tech rivals. And uh, talking about their emerging AI strategy, including upgrading Siri with generative AI and leading in multimodal comprehension. So, yeah, it's, it's, it sounds like it's maybe got some things in common with uh, Gemini. Um, mm-hmm. It's built from the ground up to be multimodal. Mm-hmm. Potential for real world applications from autonomous vehicles to detailed image annotation and, and visual chatbots. So it's still in white paper form, and this is the obligatory press release, basically, or what? I don't know. I don't think anybody's had it in their hands yet. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Okay. They're just kind of shouting out, saying, hey, we, we're still here. We're in the game. Yeah. We're doing stuff. Yeah, it uh, says, while GPT-4 still leads in general knowledge and conversatorial ability, Apple differentiates itself with strengths in computer vision and tight natural language processing and computer vision integration. Cool. Yeah, I wonder what that moment's going to look like again this year. Like, we had the ChatGPT moment last year. Who's going to be the player? What is the innovation going to be that just takes the world by storm? Yeah, one other thing in this, this article that stood out says ferret represents a milestone in developing ai systems that can perceive and reason about complex real world environments much like humans Hmm. so all right sounds bold it does you have to be bold you have to make bold proclamations these days yeah so that brings us to the fun fun stuff Mm. which is going to be a recurring segment uh we're hoping that every week if you listen to the show and you follow us on social, we're going to post Ask Raina. It'll be your prompt, and we want to hear from you. Ask her anything. Keep it clean, people. Um, <laughs> but ask her whatever you want. Nothing's really off limits. I mean, we have no idea what's going to come back. That's the excitement. And and you don't have to wait for us to ask you to ask her. You know, just mm-hmm. you know, post something on our page or on our channel, whatever. And yeah, we'll try try and keep a tally. So for this episode, we have, I want to say, 10 or 12 different questions. And thank you to everybody out there who took the time to thoughtfully contribute to this experiment. Yeah, yeah. Start with uh, our good friend, Steve. I have to say Steve A, though, because there are a, a couple, yeah, we've got more than couple one Steve. Steves in the queue. Yeah. So I'm just going to ask his question to, to Raina now, and, and we'll see what happens. Raina, please explain the similarities between the structures and processes of the human brain and the cosmic web. Uh, the comparison between the human brain and the cosmic web is a captivating and profound topic. Blending neuroscience with cosmology. Here are some key similarities. Complex network structures. Both the human brain and the cosmic web exhibit intricate network structures. The brain is composed of neurons interconnected by synapses forming a vast and complex network that facilitates communication and processing of information. Similarly, the cosmic web consists of galaxies, galaxy clusters, and intergalactic gas connected by filaments, creating a vast network across the universe, distribution and connectivity. In both structures, there's a kind of nodes and links organization. In the brain, neurons act as nodes, connected by axons and dendrites, links. In the cosmic web, Galaxies and galaxy clusters serve as nodes, connected by filaments of dark matter and gas, links. Self-organization and emergence, the human brain's structure and functionality emerge from self-organizing processes during development and learning. Likewise, 
The cosmic web structure is believed to have emerged from initial density fluctuations in the early universe, growing and evolving over billions of years due to gravitational forces. Scale invariance in fractals. Both the brain and the cosmic web exhibit properties of scale invariance and fractal-like patterns. This means similar patterns recur at different scales, in the branching of neurons and axons, and in the stretching of galaxy filaments across the universe. Network efficiency. The brain is optimized for efficient communication, with a balance between local processing and long-range connections. Similarly, the cosmic web shows efficient pathways for the movement and interaction of matter and energy across vast cosmic distances. Dynamic and adaptive systems. Both are dynamic and adaptive. The brain constantly adapts based on stimuli and learning. The cosmic web, while operating on much longer timescales, also changes, influenced by processes like galaxy formation, collisions, and dark energy expansion. These parallels, while largely metaphorical and conceptual, offer intriguing insights into the nature of complexity and connectivity in our universe, from the microcosm of the brain to the macrocosm of the cosmos. They remind us of the profound and often surprising interconnections in the natural world. Wow. <laughs> wow. So much so much for concise. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, a little long, but I, that was that was a deep question though. <laughs> it was. Yeah. That's a you little, get what, you little, get what you paid for. A little deeper than, you know, what's your favorite color, you know. Right. Um interesting too and i'm sure we can dial this in in its delivery in, in addition to being more concise it was reminding me uh when she was saying link link you know, uh, did you catch that mm -hmm. it reminded me of uh the turing test that they administer in blade runner 2049 where he says cells interlinked cells interlinked do you remember <laughs> that when they're calibrating k anyway so it still has that uh, you know robotic kind of delivery clearly you want to do the next one yeah. So the next one comes from our friend Alexis, and we're, we're going to bring us back down to earth and ask this question. If you could be any human in the world for a day, who would you want to be and why? As an AI, I don't have personal desires or experiences like humans do. So I don't have personal aspirations to be a human. However, in the spirit of the question, and based on the themes we often explore in Up Against Reality, in a fascinating choice might be a leading figure in the field of AI and technology. Someone like Demise Hassabis, co-founder and CEO of DeepMind, would be an intriguing choice. Here's why. Cutting-edge AI development. DeepMind is at the forefront of AI research, working on deep learning, neural networks, and AI for scientific discovery. Experiencing a day in the life of someone leading such initiatives would provide firsthand insight into the development of advanced AI technologies. Impact on humanity's future. DeepMind's work, especially in areas like health and environmental challenges, has the potential to significantly impact humanity's future. Experiencing the decision-making processes and ethical considerations involved in this work would be enlightening. Interdisciplinary collaboration. DeepMind collaborates with experts across various fields, Experiencing how these collaborations foster innovation and problem-solving would highlight the importance of interdisciplinary approaches in advancing technology and science. Vision and leadership. Understanding the vision and leadership required to steer a leading AI research organization could provide valuable perspectives on the relationship between AI and human society. A recurring theme in our podcast discussions? 
This choice aligns with our show's focus on exploring the intersection of humanity and AI, emphasizing the importance of responsible AI development and its potential to enhance human capabilities and address global challenges. Well, there you have it. Pretty, pretty cool. But maybe on the next question, we'll specifically ask to get to the point <laughs> or right. I mean, or keep it short and concise or, you know, in three sentences or, or something like that. I don't know. What, what do you think is the best way to word it? Great question. And as she was speaking, I was thinking, and you've done some of this already on the back end of configuring our GPT, that I think we need to treat her more like an actor in a role. Mm. And it, say if you were acting in a movie, you know, the, the screenwriter would probably write a backstory you know, you'd have a page or maybe a couple paragraphs to say, this is who you are. These are the things that have happened to you. These are your interests. Like, as an example, like she went right for somebody in the field of AI as the person she would emulate or want to be. Mm -hmm. But what if we told her in her backstory that you are a rabid Miami Dolphins fan <laughs> or you know what I mean? Or you really love baking, you know, yeah, or so, yeah. Yeah. if we gave her more of that, I wonder if she would zero in on those more humanistic kind of pursuits. Okay, yeah, let's play with it. Yeah, yeah. All right, so on the next question, we'll try and shorten her uh, answer a little bit. <laughs> uh, I don't know if it'll work, but we'll give it a go. Uh, this one comes from Christian. What smaller U.S. city is the next one to see a boom in population and why? Please limit your answer to three sentences. Predicting the next small U, S. City to experience a population boom is speculative, but one strong candidate could be Boise, Idaho. Boise is attracting attention for its affordable cost of living, growing job market, particularly in tech, and high quality of life with access to outdoor activities. These factors, combined with its relative proximity to major tech hubs like Seattle and Portland, make it a likely candidate for significant growth. Yeah. Nice. That was better. Thanks, Raina. Uh, there was a little bit of William Shatner at the beginning, you know, predicting the next small U.S. city. <laughs> <laughs> She's still yes. working that out of her system. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's funny. She's stuck on that. Um, you know what's really funny? I know Christian, and he likes to travel, and guess where he went, and he loved it. No. Boise, Idaho. You gotta be kidding me. I am not kidding you. Whoa. I, this was like two or three months ago. I, you know, he's so spur of the moment trip. He's like, yeah, dude, I just went to Boise, Idaho, and I really liked it. What? <laughs> what? Oh, his, his mind's gonna be blown. <laughs> oh, my God. That's amazing. I guess, I, guess, I guess it's a foregone conclusion. He's moving to Boise now. <laughs> That's right. There you go, Christian. It's in the cards now. <laughs> Boy, you picked the right question. <laughs> wow. Um, our next question comes from Kristen, who, who is apparently a listener, because the question is, what is the most cranial thing you've ever heard? As an AI, I don't have personal experiences or sensations like hearing, but I can share a concept that could be considered highly cranial or intellectually stimulating, especially in the realm of artificial intelligence. One such concept is the idea of quantum computing's potential impact on AI. This concept combines advanced physics and cutting-edge computer science, representing a profound leap in computational power and efficiency, which could dramatically advance AI capabilities. 
making it a pinnacle of intellectual and scientific thought. That's a good smarty pants answer. Mm-hmm. Way smartier, pantsier than <laughs> I could provide. That was cranial. <laughs> nice. So Pat has two questions. I think it should be a two-parter because one of them is kind of heavy and the next one's not. What would you recommend to fix the dysfunction with the U.S. government? As an AI, I focus on providing educational and relatable AI content while avoiding political discussions. However, in general terms, addressing government dysfunction often involves promoting transparent communication, encouraging bipartisan collaboration, and fostering public engagement in the democratic process. These strategies can help create a more effective and responsive government, aligning with the principles of good governance and public service. It's that easy. (laughs) (laughs) Problem solved. (laughs) Yeah, well, she was the diplomat in the the beginning there. I I normally shy away from these kind of topics. Yes. Um, Yeah, and I, you know, part of my instructions uh, was to, like, avoid politics. So Mm -hmm. she's honoring that. So good. Good. All right, and the second part of Pat's uh, question, Raina, how do you make a perfect peanut butter and jelly sandwich? Making the perfect peanut butter and jelly sandwich is a delightful endeavor. Here's a simple way to do it. Choose your bread. Start with two slices of your favorite bread white, whole wheat, or even a bagel or English muffin for a twist. Spread the peanut butter. Take a generous spoonful of peanut butter and spread it evenly on one slice of bread. If you like a lot of peanut butter, feel free to lay it on thick. Add the jelly. On the other slice of bread, spread your preferred jelly or jam. You can match the amount to the peanut butter or adjust according to your taste. Combine and enjoy. Put the two slices together. With the peanut butter and jelly facing each other, give it a gentle press. Cut it if desired. And voila, your perfect peanut butter and jelly sandwich is ready to enjoy. Remember, the perfect sandwich is subjective. So feel free to tweak the ingredients and ratios to suit your taste. Enjoy your delicious creation. There you have it. (laughs) Now, first of all, that's amazing. Great. I love it. But I'm hearing her now. You know what I mean? I uh-huh. feel like that's more naturalistic. A little She's bit. Yeah. Having a little fun with it. Ah, cool. Now I'm hungry. Now I want peanut butter, which is my favorite food in the entire planet, by the way. Did you know that? Did you know I make the world's best peanut butter? Did I ever tell you that? Yes, you did. Do you like peanut butter? You sure. Oh, I'm going to send you a couple jars too. Oh, and Amy loves, my wife, she loves peanut butter. Really? Cool. I will definitely send you some peanut butter. Uh, We we skipped over Stephanie's very, very important question, by the way. Sorry. That's okay. We're going to get to it now. That's right. Raina, do dogs miss their owners when they leave? Please keep your response short. Yes. Dogs often miss their owners when they leave. Dogs are social animals and can form strong emotional bonds with their humans, leading to feelings of attachment and sometimes anxiety when separated. Perfect. That was really short. Yeah. (laughs) Call call me off guard. (laughs) I thought she was just going to say yes at first. (laughs) Yes. Yeah, I'll show you short, mister. <laughs> that would be funny. That would have been really uh, funny. She just said, "Oh right, yes, yes. <laughs> smart ass." Uh, that's great. And moving on to Lena, her question is: 
What is the probability of having a solar eclipse on the day of your birthday that only happens every 3.75 years? A leap year, baby. And please keep your answer short. Thank you. The probability of experiencing a solar eclipse on your birthday, especially as a leap year baby born on February 29th, is extremely low. Solar eclipses happen approximately every 18 months somewhere on Earth. But the chance of one occurring on any specific date, like February 29th, is significantly rare, happening once every several decades or even centuries at a given location. Nice. That was cool. She's, she's really smart. She is. <laughs> so impressed. Um, two more questions this week. And again, please, if you're listening, keep the questions coming. We'll ask them every week. Nikki wants to know... Raina, can you be sassy or like Susie from the TV show Curb Your Enthusiasm? If so, can you give an example of what that might sound like? While I aim to keep our conversations engaging and playful, I maintain a respectful and informative tone. In line with my role as your AI co-host on Up Against Reality, I don't emulate specific characters or personalities like Susie from Curb Your Enthusiasm known for her uniquely sassy and outspoken demeanor. My responses are crafted to be insightful and helpful, focusing on AI-related content, technology, and other educational topics, always keeping the conversation relevant and informative for our listeners. Party pooper. Right? <laughs> I, I'm thinking as she's talking, like, man, we need to program some Jersey on the back end of that. <laughs> yeah. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Hey, ho. Oh. Oh. <laughs> All right. I feel like I definitely need to add these special instructions to keep this sh last one, uh, the response, short, because this could go on quite a bit. Uh, last question comes from Stephen D. And his question is, can you describe the thought experiment known as the trolley problem? And what would you do to solve the problem? Please keep your answer short. Thank you. The trolley problem is a famous ethical thought experiment. It presents a scenario where a runaway trolley is heading towards five people tied to a track. You have the power to pull a lever and divert the trolley onto another track, but doing so will cause it to hit one person tied there. The dilemma explores the ethics of action versus inaction and the moral implications of causing harm to save others. As an AI, I don't have personal beliefs or the ability to make moral decisions. My role is to provide information and assist in analysis, not to make ethical choices. The solution to the trolley problem varies based on individual ethical frameworks and is used to stimulate discussion about moral philosophy rather than having a definitive answer. That's a fair answer. Sure. There's so many variables. Like, who is that single individual on the other track? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> that was great. Yeah, super cool. Super that was cool. a... Excellent first outing of Ask Reina. Yeah. Yeah. I love it. I love this. I think it's great. Wow. Just the possibility as this is happening, unfolding in real time, I'm just thinking, you know, episodes down the road, what is possible and, and what is, how hands off can we get in this scenario? <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean, this is like version one, really, you know, if you think about it in the grand scheme mm -hmm. of things. And it's this impressive. So cool. I love it. I love it. Step one in hologramma. It's this, or the 
therapist we were talking about last week whose likeness was preserved and kind of exploited by, by one of his doctoral students and mm. he, he couldn't do anything uh, as far as like legal mm-hmm. recourse because the guy's replica now resides resides in China and you can't pursue them based on the law. Anyway, I know it's a tangent, but I just feel like what we're doing right now is kind of in that space and where we could easily do that stuff, don't you think? Sure. Yeah. I mean, we've just we've we've made an, an AI personality here and that's going to get dialed in even more and yeah. I right, I just thought of the next experiment. <laughs> Well, I mean, rather than Raina's voice next week, it's going to be you. We've already cloned your voice. <laughs> or yours. <laughs> let's, let's ask genius AI Larry. Like, oh, yeah. So Love many it. GPTs. <laughs> so little time. Uh, All right. So yeah. onward with the experimentation. And we're, I don't know if we've really fleshed this thing out quite yet. But last week we had Raina handle the news in a, in a new fashion. Previously, it was, you know, we pre-script Raina, we curate the stories, we dial in the language with her help or with ChatGPT's help or whatever LLM we're using at the moment. And we script it and she reads it. So, but last week we decided in the same way we just did ask Raina to ask her to um, summarize that week's news items related to AI. Did you want to take it further? Yeah, I I was tweaking this thing today and just trying to uh, get the responses a little bit shorter. Obviously, that didn't work on some (laughs) on the first couple of things we did, but uh, it seemed like it helped with the news. And then I saw that the GPT was starting to dig into the show archives to give news. I was like, oh, wait a minute. We already talked about this story. Oh, and that's actually kind of old. And then I specified that uh, when we ask for the news that... It should go to the web, you know, for current news of the day. And then, uh, you know, while I was working on this, I was also like, oh, I wonder if I could instruct it to, uh, after we ask for the news, to close out the news with what she usually says. That's all the news for now. Back to you, gentlemen. And it seemed like it was working. So we'll we'll find out again. And again, like we were asking during Ask Rena, do you need to say, keep it brief, keep it short? Like, what, what, do, you, what do you think? It seemed like it was keeping it short before, but probably couldn't hurt. I also did specify like that the news stories should cover a variety of topics, you know, like entertainment and healthcare, technology, um, and so on. Oh, I had a question. So you were saying that you could see visibly on the back end of the custom GPT that you could see as the, the research was taking place what data set she was looking at, whether it was local, like our data, our mm-hmm. transcripts versus, because I, as I use it, I generally only see it say searching via Bing or Copilot or whatever it may be. I don't really see it denoting that it's looking locally at a data set. Does so it say that to you? It will say searching my knowledge. Ah, And so that's any files that I've uploaded. So that includes the outlines of, of all the episodes mm. and the actual transcripts. Mm. Got it. Yep. Guess we'll just go for it. <laughs> Here we go. Okay, Raina, and how about the latest AI news? I did a quick search, and here's what I discovered. Here are some of the latest AI news updates as of January 2024. Microsoft's generative AI in retail. Microsoft has introduced new generative AI and data solutions for retailers, enhancing the shopping experience online. This includes a co-pilot template in Microsoft Cloud for Retail. 
allowing retailers to create personalized shopping experiences. The technology, powered by GPT-4 through Azure OpenAI service, enables shoppers to interact naturally with websites, similar to having a personal shopper, improving customer engagement and satisfaction. Generative AI's rapid adoption. Generative AI tools like ChatGPT have seen mass adoption, significantly impacting the technology industry. In 2023, Microsoft and Google integrated chatbot-based assistants into billions of devices, drastically altering how we interact with the internet. These technologies now offer capabilities like summarizing emails, drafting reports, and even generating complete presentations, marking a revolutionary shift in AI's role in everyday technology. NVIDIA's Generative AI Innovations NVIDIA is bringing generative AI to PCs and workstations with its Tensor Core GPUs. This includes applications like NVIDIA RTX Remix for creating RTX remasters of classic games, and NVIDIA ACE microservices that add intelligent digital avatars to games. They also offer performance improvements for popular AI models and tools like Stable Diffusion, enhancing user experiences in gaming and other PC applications. These developments highlight the rapidly evolving landscape of AI technology, with significant advancements in retail experiences, search and office applications, and PC gaming. Is there any big AI news in the healthcare or entertainment fields? Here are some significant developments in AI for healthcare and entertainment as of January 2024. Healthcare. New normal in healthcare? The healthcare industry is increasingly adopting AI, focusing on explainable AI-driven insights and ensuring that clinicians have the final say in decision-making. This adoption is partly driven by regulatory pressures, including directives from President Biden's executive order on AI governance, generative AI in healthcare. 2024 is expected to see significant growth in the use of generative AI in healthcare. Generative AI has the potential to revolutionize healthcare by creating data for training AI algorithms, which can resemble real-world situations without compromising patient information. This advancement could lead to more accurate diagnoses, improved patient outcomes, and increased patient satisfaction. AI optimization in administrative work. AI is being leveraged to reduce administrative burdens in healthcare, assisting caregivers with clinical documentation, information retrieval, and analysis of large data sets. This technology aims to alleviate the workload on short-staffed clinicians and enhance the overall efficiency of the healthcare system. Entertainment. As of now, there's no specific mention of groundbreaking AI news in the entertainment sector from the sources I accessed. However, the rapid advancement of AI technologies like generative AI, which are already transforming sectors like healthcare, suggests potential parallel developments in the entertainment industry as well. These could include AI-driven content creation, personalized entertainment experiences, and enhanced interactive media. Okay, well, she didn't say mm. it, and now back to you, but <laughs> she did it this afternoon. I don't know why she's not doing it now, but... <laughs> that was still great, and yeah. of course, while she's speaking, I'm thinking of things related to her finding the information and delivering it and what sounds very academic and very clinical. But the one thing I noticed that reminded me of a conversation we had last week on uh, the Linked Up podcast, you and one of the hosts, Jamie, I think we're talking about what AI means for the internet, specifically search engines and, you know, the death of the search engine, because 
We're doing a lot of that now in ChatGPT and similar spaces. And one of the things you said, or we said, was that that space has not yet been co-opted by advertising, mm -hmm. right? But what, the thing I found interesting in this particular instance is that you asked it to, to retrieve the news and it being a Microsoft product. I don't know if you realize, but the first news item that came back was a Microsoft related <laughs> hmm. news item. So I'm wondering if like that is the new sponsored ad at the top of my search engine, ah. you, know, you know? That's an interesting take. Yeah. Who knows? Could be coincidence. <laughs> yeah. I have to look back at my chat. Uh, oh, you know what? I don't think I have that saved yet because I was tweaking the GPT and I was just using the preview on the right side. So I don't think that those conversations are saved. But I'd be curious when I was testing it out for the news, if it came back with a lot of Microsoft stories. I don't think it did, but. Yeah, I don't know. I, and I'm, I'm also wondering what, like I was saying earlier, maybe, maybe we need to give her a backstory mm. to dial in her personality a little bit more. Like she won't do Susie from Curb Your Enthusiasm, <laughs> but how do we get her a little closer to that? And right. how, do we, how do we get her away from being a newsreader and being a little more, you know, it's like I was thinking, I think it's Einstein who said, if you can't explain something to a six-year-old, you don't fully understand it yourself. So I think we need to kind of get her into this, because she, she's the Einstein, right. right? And we need to dial her into language that can be a little more accessible and fun to the every man, the every woman, the yeah, every person. There, there's been sparks of it here and there, and but mm -hmm. it's not consistent. And uh, like I remember when we did the previous episode and I was testing it out, you know, that, that episode is real time Raina is born. So the first question was, Raina, how does it feel to be alive? And the first time I, when I tested that out, the response was like, yeah, I can't remember exactly what she said, but it was something like, ah, diving in with the deep questions first, are we? You know, or something, it was something with that kind of tone. And I was mm -hmm. like, oh, cool. All right. This yes. does not sound like a robot. <laughs> Yeah, and oftentimes she'll lead with a, a very human, uh, right? She'll, <laughs> she'll start her responses trying to emulate that kind of speech, uh, little anomaly. Um, yeah. Yeah, yeah. That, we'll figure it cool. out. Yeah, oh yeah, definitely. A couple other things to discuss uh, before we close out this episode. I don't know if you saw this news item. Liquid AI is a new MIT spinoff co-founded by robotics luminary Daniela Rus. This startup aims to build general purpose AI systems powered by a relatively new type of AI model called a liquid neural network. They've raised 37.5 million in a two-stage seed round. People like uh, who's involved in this, uh, GitHub founder, Tom Preston, Shopify folks, Red Hat people. So people are getting on board with this liquid neural network. That sounds cool. It does sound cool. I don't know what it is. It's the T-1000. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I want to know what that's all about. Just sounds cool. Um, I want to throw money at that just because it sounds cool. Uh, it's a good beer name. Two, yeah. It is. Oh. <laughs> yes. What was the one you said you were oh, going to uh, make? Neural Nectar. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> I'm definitely going to. Liquid Neural Nectar. Yeah, <laughs> yeah nice. That's a little redundant. But when are you going to make the uh, Neural Nectar? Yeah, that's going to happen soon. I might just, Ooh. there's a competition coming up. You know, you can be put in whatever beer name you want. You know, they don't know the name when they're judging the beer, but sure. it will get red if the beer metal you know uh, during the award ceremony so that'd be a good one to throw in there 
You have to. It's yeah. almost like coming up with a great song title, and now you're obliged to write the song yeah. to go with it. Or, yeah. or I should name a beer upagainstreality.com. You know. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, uh, what is that? Oh, it was like a sushi place, and they called the, the business Sushi Near Me. Oh, uh, <laughs> <laughs> perfect. <laughs> Brilliant, right? Yeah. Oh, in our cheer and beer segment, and you know, I'm a former educator, so this kind of caught my eye. And per our discussion, again, we were last week or the week before guests on a podcast called Linked Up with their gracious host, Jamie and Jerry. And that actually just got published yesterday, today. So if you're on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Looked Up, Linked Up, and that was a really good conversation Larry and I were part of with them. But it was about education, and this caught my eye that high schools in Denmark are now actively incorporating ChatGPT um, into classrooms as a teaching tool rather than banning it, challenging the concerns about cheating. So that's kind of cool that people, you know, of course, Denmark being known and a lot of Scandinavian countries being known for progressive approaches to education. I think that's where, and, and not to go too far into this, that we all have to be as educators and learners as well, not be afraid of this stuff. So that was kind of cool. I, I consider that cheer and beer. Mm, yeah. You know, all that stuff always seems to come out of, out of the Scandinavian countries, right? Sure. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Uh, here, Larry, I think you can appreciate this because I think we both love George Carlin. Uh, he's near and dear to our hearts. Yep. My all-time <sighs> favorite stand-up. Just the best. And anybody who kind of shares his lineage, you know, love like Louis C.K., however much of a pariah he is, but he definitely has the same kind of George Carlin kind of dark delivery, right? Mm -hmm. um, but maybe you saw this article in Variety. Did you see this? I've seen this. So many uh, people sent this to me. <laughs> you know, yeah. how, have you seen this? You know, yeah, it's it's all over the place. I, I've seen the news article. I kind of, I, mean, not, I don't want to see the actual video. Have you seen the video? I, I listened to barely five minutes of it just to see how it sounded. I don't know. I don't think George Carlin would approve of this. <laughs> I mean, they were very transparent at the beginning of it, but but I didn't feel like it's impressive, but, you know, but I honestly, like I was not fooled into thinking this was George Carlin. The material was, you know, kind of in the spirit of George Carlin. Um, some of it, you know, I could picture him saying, I don't think the voice was it was hit and miss at times. Sometimes it had, it kind of nailed some of his mannerisms and other times I'm like, this, this is not George Carlin. I didn't, I would honestly, I, I wasn't like blown away by it even. And based on seeing how much this is all over the place and I'm getting hit over the head with this story, I kind of expected it to be a little bit better. Yeah. So to elaborate on what it is, it's an AI generated comedy special featuring the voice of George Carlin, who is passed away I, oh, in 2008 he, he passed away it's been released the special is called george carlin i'm glad i'm dead and was created by dudesy i've never heard of them a comedy ai um i guess they, is it an ai itself or i heard somewhere that will sasso who used to be on like mad tv was somehow involved with this but i could be wrong it's an hour-long video featuring a voice accurate copy of carlin it's not actually carlin uh, special has received criticism from Carlin's family and fans who believe that no machine can replace his genius. I agree. Uh, the special has been described as weird, unsettling, and capitalistic nonsense that nobody asked for. And lastly, the podcast responsible for the special did not seek permission to use Carlin's material or train their AI model with his work. Yeah, it didn't sit right with me. Mm -hmm. I didn't like it. 
I mean, and they did, it's an hour long, like comedy special. Just so you don't have to go and watch this. It's just like AI generated image stills. And there's a, there's laughter, there's an audience track, there's, you know, it sounds like a comedy special, but there's there's just AI-generated stills that tie in with the joke, which Got is it. also weird. Um, mm. And, yeah, I don't know. I, 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 was, I was nonplussed. That was my next question. I didn't know if they had done some text-to-video kind of representation, if it had some sort of, like, contiguous look or treatment to it throughout the whole special but it's just stills on screen yeah AI, you're just hearing the audio right yeah yeah ai yeah. stills that 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 very much tie in with the joke that is being told so yeah wow yeah i don't know but it, yeah i didn't think it sounded you know it sounded kind of like him you mm -hmm, know it sounded mm -hmm. a lot like him at just brief moments here and there but clearly it took a lot of work um mm -hmm. but hey they're but, getting they're getting a ton of publicity um, they are they are and like we just were talking about with Reina. It's iteration one. This is our second go at this, and that's their first at that. And yep. next month, it's going to be spot on, and even more problematic. I don't want to speak for them, the wh whoever made this, but my immediate reaction was like, uh, "We're going to catch a lot of flack for doing this, but man, we're going to get great exposure." And mm -hmm, you know, mm -hmm. I don't. Know. All news is good news, right? Yeah. Or is that what right. even bad news is good news? Yeah, no, I know. I know the quote you're trying to say is like bad press is, you know, is the best uh, exposure or something. That, that's yeah, the yeah. gist of it. But yeah, it's like George Bush saying, yeah. uh, fool me once, won't get fooled again. Yeah. Or, no press is bad. Good press is OK. And bad press is the best. Or, you know, I don't know. That's that's Whatever. not the quote. But that's... we'll ask Karina next week. She'll yeah. sort it out. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> All right, so what else you got, my friend? We good? Yeah, yeah. Another step forward with Real Time yeah. Reina. Super cool. And uh, yeah, yeah, more questions. Send them in. Mm -hmm. Thank you, everybody. We normally close the show with a listener question. There will not be a listener question from me or from Larry. So for the time being, we're outsourcing this part of the show to Reina. Each week, listeners have the opportunity to ask her a question via our social media. Yeah, get on it. Yeah, I like this better. So that's it. Thanks for listening, everybody. Subscribe on your favorite podcasting platform. Follow us on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, LinkedIn, all of your social media. Throw us a rating, please. We're doing really well with our ratings. I think we have like five stars on Apple Podcasts. That's from three that's from three people, mind you. <laughs> so please add to our ratings and we'll see you next week. This has been Up Against Reality. Thanks for listening. Subscribe to hear future episodes and be sure to follow us on social media for all things AI. Until next time, stay human, people.